Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. And the Kansas City Chiefs shooting down a balloon. Canadian and American fighter jets were scrambled. American F-22 successfully shot down the object. Have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? I haven't ruled out anything. Shooting down objects over America. Does that sound like war? Should alarm Americans. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. A lot to talk about this hour. News and Views for a Monday. Uh, boy, so many people have said it before me, but uh, what a shocker it was to hear the passing of Jeff Charles this past weekend. Uh, Jeff and Debbie and their kids lived right across the street from us in, in West Haven, Um for several years when they first moved to town and uh, of course they moved away as as well as we moved away from that uh, location but uh, did know Jeff uh, from from the, the fact that he was living right across the street from us sad uh, sad event uh, over the weekend and uh, just a real shocker our prayers go out to uh, Debbie and uh, their son a photo of former Arizona Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake attending the Super Bowl has gone viral, <laughs> but not for the reason you would probably expect. The former news anchor turned GOP firebrand was seen sitting down during the playing of the Black National Anthem ahead of the game. Uh, a photo of her not standing for the anthem was posted on social media and quickly sparked a frenzy, people praising her decision and people slamming her for a decision. Uh, what's interesting about this, I'm not sure why they're making a big deal of this. While she was sitting during the, quote, the Black National Anthem, there were people sitting right behind her at a bar, sitting at a bar. There was someone else standing right behind her with his back turned to the performance of the Black National. And again, I'm not saying any of this was nefarious or any anybody was trying to get in your face. I, I didn't know we were supposed to stand for the Black National Anthem. I didn't even know there was a Black National Anthem. Uh, in the same photograph of Carrie Lake, Lake sitting, there are people that some were standing, sitting obviously in conversation, some on their phones, I mean, it wasn't like people were standing at attention, like this is really an important matter that I've got to, you know, pay a lot of attention to. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but uh, the, the idea that Carrie Lake is being slammed for this, I mean, look, she said uh, the, the song Lift Your Voice is a very beautiful song. She said, I didn't know it was a, I didn't know we were supposed to stand for it. Uh I mean, the Wokies, they won't let up. You know, interesting uh, comment from uh, Daryl Harrison, who is an author. He said of the Black National Anthem, the NFL is making a huge mistake, in my humble opinion, by having lift every voice and sing what has traditionally been referred to as the Black National Anthem sung at the Super Bowl what more divisive message could be sent than to suggest we're a nation of two anthems? Uh, if one ethnic group sings an anthem that only represents themselves and not the rest of the country, doesn't that mean they're choosing to further the divide they claim is a problem that needs to be addressed? Bingo! 
I I I, uh, I didn't know that there was a black national anthem. Um, I, I consider myself fairly well informed. I mean, I, there really isn't. I mean, there's some people that have self-proclaimed this as a black national anthem. Again, we have a national anthem. The national anthem represents every American citizen. Does does our country have problems? Yes. <laughs> our country has a lot of problems. But this kind of thing is just making it worse. I mean, we are a divided country. You know, I was thinking, what, 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 what do you go back to and point to to say this is when the division started taking place? And I, I, there's a lot of things. I, I definitely think one of the things that took place was when, you know, we basically took God out of the schools. I, I really do think that was the beginning of uh, a divided nation. The, the things that would unite us, that we'd all have in common, regardless of our political affiliation, regardless of our race. I mean, even even back in the, and look, I'm not saying I want to go back to, to these eras, but even back, in, and I'm not, I don't want to go back to the Jim Crow era, but even back in the Jim Crow era, even blacks and whites were united on our love of God. And we just continue to divide ourselves. We continue just to do things that um, separate us. Uh, you know, that's the other thing I was thinking over the weekend. Uh, over the weekend, it really became obvious that um, we are in a, a major conflict with China. And uh, we have not declared war on China but one has to wonder, has China declared war on the United States? They're buying our land. They're sending spy balloons over our top secret military bases. The CDC has reported, and look, everybody knows COVID came from China. And the vast majority of uh, individuals that have any credibility would say it was deliberate. At least it was man-made. It didn't come from bats. In that sense, it was deliberate. The CDC has reported one mil somewhere between a million a hundred and twenty thousand and a million a hundred and thirty thousand people have died in the United States from COVID-19. Now, I, again, I understand that there's a lot of people that say, well, that number is erroneous because too many people were counted that didn't actually die of COVID-19. 150 people die every day from overdoses related to synthetic opioids like fentanyl. Fentanyl originates in China. And the reason why we have so many Chinese coming across the borders to bring fentanyl in, I mean, they're, they're coming in anyway. They're coming in because they're invited in to come in and attend our universities. So is this just coincidental? This has just happened? Or is it... Uh, I mean, is is China going to take over without firing a shot? I hope not. But with the guy we've got in the White House right now, you've got to ask yourself that. So there are a number of people right now asking about why aren't we getting more information concerning these four objects that have been shot out of the sky. In the last three days, uh, three objects have come down. 
Um, was it one over Canada and two over uh, one over Alaska and one over uh, uh, right on the border between Canada and the United States? Um, Lucas Tomlinson, Michigan Congressman Jack Bergman tells Fox a U.S. Air Force F-16 fighter shot down a mysterious octagonal uh, octagonal object over Lake Huron with a sidewinder miss sidewinder missile. Uh, Dan Crenshaw says four aircraft have been shot down by U- the U.S. in the last eight days. We only know what one of them was, the Chinese balloon. Uh, others are boasting about Biden ordering them shot down. The White House has given a little detail about the objects in question. Michelle Exner said three objects have been shot down just over the weekend, forcing airspace closures over the region of our country, and Americans are getting updates via third parties. Where is the Biden White House? Why haven't they briefed the public? The Pentagon fails to give any updates. Keith Kellogg released the gun cameras. Americans deserve nothing less than full transparency. Now, um, even Democrats on Capitol Hill are expressing frustration over the lack of information. Um, Rand Paul said, as ranking member of the Senate Homeland Security, Homeland Security Committee, I demand that uh, the President and the Department of Defense tell us what they know and what they don't know immediately. Um, all this going on, and uh, Biden had no public events on his schedule today. So um, what does Biden have to say about this? So all this is going on. Last week, he did an uh, interview with Judy Woodworth from PBS, and he was asked, this is cut one, Clark, he was asked about the relationship with China and how has that changed. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit? No. Frankly? No. How do you know? I know. I talked to him. You've talked to talked to Xi Jinping before. I and our our team talks to their people during this. Instance? Yeah, after I haven't talked to him during this. Oh. But look, I mean, <laughs> the idea of shooting down a balloon that got in information over America um, and uh, is and that breaks, that t- makes relations worse. Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look at, we're not looking for conflict. And, uh, and that's been the case so far. What can I say without sounding totally disrespectful to the president about what a lame response that is? How dare you laugh at that? How dare you laugh at that? I, I... And listen, Joe, the question isn't whether or not China continues relationships with us. Joe, what you ought to be saying is, I don't really care whether China has a relationship with us. We are cutting off the relationship with China. And he says, she says, how do you know? She says, I know. I talked to him. (laughs) She turns around, have you talked to him since this happened? No, I haven't talked to him since this happened. I, I know, I know. Okay, the, the senility factor. I, I get that. Does the guy even know what's going on? I don't know. I don't know whether it's better he doesn't know what's going on or it's worse. He's obviously a Manchurian candidate. 
that the, the, the puppet masters are pulling the strings. But to laugh and to say no. Look, Joe, deal with the situation. For once, put America first and put your personal income last. You've got enough money. You're, you're not going to outlive your money, Joe. you got everything you want. You've got a beach house. you got a nice home up in Wilmington. you got more money than you know what to do with. I mean, you've become independently wealthy as a civil servant. Just put yourself last for just the... I mean, how many years do you possibly have left? Die with grace, Joe. Put, put America first. Go out with some class. So uh, the good news is these unidentified uh, flying objects are not unidentified flying objects, as in aliens. We uh, heard from Corinne Jean-Pierre just today that you don't have to worry about space aliens. Cut to... I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. That's the only thing they've said. <laughs> so process of elimination, um, they, they cite the ridiculous and say, well, it's not that. Well, how about telling us what it is? And again, for the life of me, why would you have a Sidewinder missile to blow up this thing? I mean, if it's a balloon, can't you just do something to release whatever's keeping it up in the air slowly so as it comes down we can actually recover, recover the stuff to find out what, the, what technology they have? I mean, one wonders, that, was it blown up purposely? So that uh, we can just shrug our shoulders that, well, we don't know. Can't jump to conclusions. I mean, China, I mean, this, you know, I, I just, for him to sit there in that interview and laugh, like, what a ridiculous question. What a ridiculous question for anybody to question whether or not this is a big deal. Of course it's not a big deal, Joe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You've got to ask your question. Ask yourself the question: What side is this guy on? It's the same question we used to ask with Obama. Every time Obama did something with a Muslim country, it helped them and hurt us. We got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. Uh, frustrating as it is with uh, Joe in the White House, we've got a lot of stories. We'll talk more when we get back. thing you should do after work turn on the radio check in with tom and benny gotta know what's happening in my city what's going on in my backyard things that are happening locally i like the local news things that i don't hear everywhere else, don't hear everywhere else. but the local news you want kept me informed for all of the local stuff you know let me know what was going on in the local community eastern carolina's news sources news and views on talk 96.3 and 103.7 Welcome back in, taking a quick look at your Valentine's Day forecast. That's right, guys and gals. Get your guys something, get your gals something. Tomorrow is Valentine's Day, and it is going to be nice. Lots of sunshine with a high of 66. Wednesday gets up to 75, Thursday to 78. We will have clouds those two days. 
Rain comes back in on Friday. Lows overnight tonight will be 36 with clear skies. Tomorrow night, a low of 44. Wednesday night, the low is 58. So uh, lots of uh, nice temperatures coming up. Saturday, the sun comes back out, so that's good. Uh, we've had a lot of rainy weekends lately, it seems like. Uh, Saturday, 52. Sunday, 64 with lots of sunshine. All in all, not bad. So the Super Bowl messages last night were going for about $7 million for a 30-second spot. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that's expensive. The um, One of the uh, advertisers who actually purchased two 30-second spots was an organization that ran the spots called He Gets Us. Uh, the name of the organization uh, was Servant Foundation. And the guy that uh, owned Hobby Lobby was a, a big donator to this. I am assuming he underwrote the ads. But it, it was, it basically just says, Jesus gets us. And uh, the idea was childlike faith. Positive ads. I'd be honest with you, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the ads last night. Uh, I, in fact, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the game. I watched the last quarter, but uh, I was I was doing other things uh, during most of the game. But um, AOC did not like this. Uh, she said that uh, something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. How was this fascist? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was talking about childlike faith and that Jesus gets us, but uh, AOC, not so much. The Washington Examiner's got an interesting article out concerning the Arizona governor, Katie Hobbs. If you remember, last year, Governor Doug Ducey signed legislation. We talked about it at the time when it went through. It was quite uh, positive that basically they were going to have universal school choice in Arizona and it would continue to expand over the months and the years. In fact, uh, Arizona was a trendsetter. Now efforts are underway in Texas, Florida, Wyoming, Indiana, and Arkansas with similar legislation. But Katie Hobbs comes out. She took office last month. She has vowed to roll back Doug Ducey's signature legislative achievement that established universal school choice in the state. In an interview over the weekend with Fox News, Hobbs said the program is only subsidizing wealthy families and will bankrupt the state. Regardless of your philosophy on whether taxpayer dollars should go to public or private schools, this is going to bankrupt our state. No, it is not. In fact, it will save you money, Katie. Not only that is, when was the last time you saw a progressive care one iota about the programs that they're all about, they don't care. I mean, look, they've been the first ones in line to say, we need to do reparations. We need to spend more money on our socialist programs. We need to need Medicare, Medicaid for all. We need to get uh, make sure everybody's got a, a, you know an, an even income. They don't care about money. What a crock. Liberals don't care about bankrupting the system. In fact, that's their goal is to bankrupt the system. Hobbs' criticism of her state's school choice program comes as several states following Arizona's lead. I just mentioned that. Um, Fox pressed Hobbs on her claim that the program was going to make uh, bankrupt the state. Um, the person doing the uh, interview was uh, Shannon Bream. 
She noted that a nonpartisan study from the Common Sense Institute found that declining public school enrollment is saving states, Arizona in particular, $500 million a year. Far more than the $377 million annual cost for the school, pro, uh, school choice program. The Arizona Empowerment Scholarship accounts will provide students up to $7,000 per year for uh, education-related costs, including private school tuition. And again, that is, that is less than most states spend, a lot less than most states spend. Um, and it, that doesn't include what counties uh, put in on top of the, the amount the state puts in. And again, I mean, we're talking about $7,000, and we talk about poor per-pupil per cost for what an education cost. When you see these numbers out, it doesn't include the capital expenditures. It doesn't include the, the cost of, of building the buildings and buying the land and uh, putting the equipment in the classroom. The $7,000 is an operational cost for the student to be educated. So, yeah, it's saving money for states. And the idea that Katie Hobbs... Now, what Katie Hobbs means when she says it bankrupts the states, she doesn't want any less money spent in the government schools. She just is looking at this. We're gonna, you know, She's bound and determined not to see that number go down, and all she sees is this, the uh, supplemental for the private schools, so the Universal School Choice Program. She sees that as an additional cost that she doesn't want to pay. But look, beyond that, she doesn't want to pay universal school choice because she, she wants the monopoly, the monopoly to continue. She realizes that if we have school choice, that is competition for the government schools. And listen, every place you see school choice, parents that are genuinely concerned that their children get a good education, they're going to, they're going to choose the best option. And again, I've said this since I ran for the state senate back in 19, what year was it, 88. When you have competition, the product gets better. Quite frankly, uh, school choice is not going to put the government schools out of business, but it's going to make the government schools a lot better because they're going to have to compete with the private schools. It's that simple. Hobbs told B uh, Bream she doesn't dispute the math but that focusing on the cost doesn't tell the whole st story. Many of these students that are applying for and receiving these vouchers are in districts that aren't getting the per-pupil funding from the state. They're just relying on property tax base. Well, most states are required to spend the equitable amount on the per-pupil funding. And I, I, I have a hard time believing that Hobbs is uh, correct on this. Uh, the leaders of the Republican-controlled state legislature had previously blasted Hobbs for opposing school choice despite having attended a Catholic high school herself. Hobbs said her parents struggled to make that choice, and she was more concerned about ensuring public schools provide Arizona students with quality education. Again, get, you want them to have a quality education? Then you need to get behind Doug Ducey's plan for universal school choice, Hobbs. Um, suspicions confirmed. This next story out of the Free Beacon. I, I'm not telling you anything new with this story. You knew this was happening all along. But it's interesting to have this finally confirmed. 
Former MSNBC host Crystal Ball said when she did what she thought was a fair and balanced, she worked for MSNBC, she thought was a fair and balanced um, monologue on Hillary Clinton after she did an interview with Hillary Clinton. This is back, all the way back in 2014. She said she was scolded by network executives because it was less than favorable coverage of Hillary Clinton. This is cut uh, three, Clark. Shortly before I was let go, I did a monologue when Hillary Clinton was building up to run for president. It was back in 2014. So this was early on. And I did this whole thing that was like, she sold out to Wall Street. People are going to hate this lady. She's like the terrible candidate for the moment. Please don't run. And um, I was allowed to say it, right? I delivered my thing. I did it exactly how I wanted to do it. Afterwards, I get pulled into an office and, you know, Great, Molly, everything's fine, but next time you do any commentary on Hillary Clinton, it has to get approved by the president of the network. Yeah. And think about, you know, I mean, I would love to say that I I did further Hillary Clinton commentary. There's no doubt about it. But I would love to say that didn't affect me and I was just there to be a truth teller. But listen, I'm a human being. I'm sure I responded to the incentives of that system of like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble with the boss. For sure. Yeah. You know, and that's so that's the way that it works. People, that's a very blatant example. But oftentimes people know where the boundaries are. They know what they're allowed to say, and so they don't need that direct intervention of censorship. And also, by the way, these people, most of them in you know cable news, they're, they're not really there because they're talented. They're there right. because they're reliable purveyors of whatever it is that that network wants to purvey. So yes. that's ultimately why they get the job, and they understand the parameters of the task. That's Crystal Ball. She was on with Joe Rogan. <laughs> How true that is. I mean, some of these people that really think they're the... Uh, you know the end all for uh, news. It's they're they're talking heads, and they're they're spouting the information that they know the person that's writing the paycheck and putting them on the air. What they they they're saying what they know they want to hear. Uh, the idea that um, MSNBC is a news organization that actually wants to. Uh, report the news and not make up the news uh, that they see. It's uh, what a total joke. And the fact that they are critical of Fox News. Listen, I, everybody's got bias. I understand that. I, and certainly this is why we call our, our show News and Views. I'm very biased. I'm very conservative. But uh, leave, don't leave yourself as a news organization. I mean, we, we report news stories, but and then we give you our biased uh, opinions uh, of the stories. Uh, our slant from a conservative uh, perspective, but go ahead and admit you're, pro uh, you're a bunch of progressives, and that's exactly what you're doing from the other side. But um, and MSNBC, you know, right now they are gushing over Joe Biden, who doesn't know which end is up. His approval ratings around 44 percent, according to Real Clear Politics polling, uh, and yet uh, MSNBC gushes over over cousin Eddie, over Joe. But uh, and, and you know, what she said about, you know, regardless of how honest you want to be, I don't know, Crystal Ball, whether or not, uh, you know, she's she actually would be a moderate or a conservative or, you know, want, want to actually report news in a uh, credible fashion, an equitable fashion. 
but she's right. I mean, the, the the pressure from your boss is going to slant how you report the news. And uh, if you want to keep keep your job and you want to get a promotion and you want to get the, the big bucks, you're going to fold or you're going to get out. Speaking of uh, Joe, Free Beacon is reporting many Democrat voters doubt Biden's ability to run for second term. This is from the Wall Street Journal and the report they had in yesterday's paper. Even his party bosses are enthusiastic about his candidacy. According to the journal interviews, many Biden voters, even those who think the 80-year-old president has done well during his first two years in office, wonder if their party would run someone else in 2024. I think he's too old, Texas Democrat Kelly Spencer told the journal. I'm worried about cognitive decline. I worry about a stroke, things like that. The journal report comes days after the Associated Press uh, Nork Center poll found that only 37% of Democrats won another Biden term. A whopping majority all, of all voters, 78% think Joe shouldn't run again. An ABC Washington Post poll, we talked about this last week, similar results. Biden is the oldest U.S. president in history and would be 86 by the end of his second term. California Democrat Andrew Dickerman said he's anxious about Biden and whether he can hold up through a campaign. Hold up through a campaign? He doesn't campaign. He can hold up fine through a campaign. He just sits in his basement. Arizona Democrat Kerry DiDio was even blunter, saying the president seems out of touch. I worry about his, his health, Kerry said. Democrat Party bosses have nevertheless backed Biden to the hilt. The journal wrote, Mr. Biden's standing among Democrat officials has strengthened with many citing the legislative wins of the first two years and better-than-expected midterm election results. During last week's meeting, the Democrat National Committee members approved a resolution expressing its full and complete support of the president's re-election, Biden has been circumspect about whether he'll seek a second term, term rather, telling Telemundo on Thursday he's just not ready to make a decision. Uh, well, I mean, the fact that you got Democrat uppity-ups, potentates, saying, you know, he's great, we love him, hang, hang in there, that doesn't necessarily mean that they think he's capable. That might mean he's very um, usable, that he's very pliable, that the puppet masters can continue to pull the strength. And it also might mean if we can get Joe back in there, we can then uh, pull him out and replace him with whoever we want. Personally, I, I, don't, I don't see how he's going to make it that far. I'm surprised he's made it this far. Hey, we're going to take another time out. Stay with us when we get back. James Clapper, the former director of national intelligence, is now trying to uh, uh, change the uh, meaning of the letter he and uh, 49 other intelligence veterans signed regarding the Hunter Biden laptop story. We'll talk about that when we get back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So, President Biden's latest proposal to overhaul the Department of Education income-driven repayment plan is drawing, drawing fire from Republicans. In fact, uh, Representative uh, Virginia Fox, right here from North Carolina, is the chair of the House Education and Workforce Committee. 
She and Senator Bill Cassidy are the ranking uh, Republican on the. Uh, he is the ranking Republican on the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. Uh, they are asking uh, Education Secretary Cardona to withdraw the administration's draft regulation. Now, basically, um, this this deal now, where before Biden just wanted to forgive money for everybody, now he's coming back and saying, "Well, we'll just forgive the money." And, and more or less, I'm I'm cutting to the bottom line. More of the more or less, this would be for those people who have college educations that are not earning as much. You're, they're going to have a lot more forgiven than those who earn more. But again, that that's beside the point. What about those who decided to not go to college, to forego college education and go to work and get a jump on that, or some people are blue collar uh, job, or went into business for themselves and now they're they're successful. So they got to bail out the people that decided I want to get a college education. Simply put, the proposal will exacerbate the problems of rising college costs, excessive borrowing. The lawmakers wrote to Cardonia. This proposal is reckless, fiscally irresponsible, and blatantly illegal, and as such should be rescinded. It was signed by uh, 65 House and Senate Republicans. Now, again, the the Biden administration, this is so typical. They're just going to do what they want to do, and their attitude is, okay, we'll take us to court. And guess who gets to pay for all the court costs? The taxpayers. They don't care. They just keep throwing stuff against the wall, hoping something is going to stick. And isn't it ironic? Katie Hobbs, as I said earlier in the program, she wants to do away with school choice for Arizona students, K-12. through She wants to do away with that because it'll cost too much money. People of her same ilk are wanting to forgive money that is owed for their college education loans, they want to get, you know, $600 billion worth. They want to give that away. Yeah. Former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper accused Politico of deliberately misrepresenting a letter he and 50 other intelligence veterans signed regarding Hunter Biden's laptop story. Clapper, who served as the nation's spy chief during the Obama administration, said the letter did not assert that reporting on the laptop was a part of a Russian disinformation operation, a notion that Politico peddled with its headlines when it first reported the existence of the letter. Quote, this was a clear distortion, Clapper told the Washington Post fact checker. We're all doing, all we were doing, I should say, was raising a yellow flag that this could be Russian disinformation. Politico deliberately distorted what we said. It was a clear, it was clear in a paragraph five. Look, this letter was written by James Clapper and 50 of his progressive liberal counterparts to give Joe cover, and that's exactly what they gave him. If you remember, when he was in the debate with um, Donald Trump, in the debate, he immediately went to this letter, as this is proof beyond the shadow of a doubt that you have 51 former intelligence uh, veterans who say this is Russian disinformation. And, you know, they might have had that paragraph in there, but that was sort of the get-out-of-jail-free card in this game that they play. They didn't care whether or not that was in there because they wanted to give Joe an out. 
They wanted to say, hey, Joe, we're here backing you, bud, and so you can just sort of lean on us. When people confront you and ask you about this laptop, you just you just tell them, well, I've got 51 former intelligence veterans who signed this letter that says it's Russian disinformation, and that's exactly what he did. <laughs> he did not care. Uh, he did not care whether that was in the print. They didn't care whether they had that out in this in this letter. It was all about giving Joe an out. And congratulations, Clapper, it worked. But for you to come out now <laughs> and say that this was a distortion about what you meant, well, it might be a distortion about what the, the actual words in the letter said. But it's, this is exactly what you meant, that this was Russian disinformation. You have one paragraph in a long letter. Oh, that's my out. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. Anything you say, bud. Hey, we're going to take a last time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. By the way, you hear about that uh, fire down in Wayne County. It's expected to burn the next few days. WITN is reporting the fire broke out Saturday at the National Salvage and Service Corporation on Mount Olive Highway. The company recycles old railroad ties. Authorities say the fire remains contained, but there are still areas at the site that are on fire. The cause of the fire has not yet been determined. Uh, it was reported Saturday, and uh, it is still burning. So... Uh, Hopefully the wind is not blowing in your direction, wherever you are. Uh, in a Friday news dump, the Biden administration released the latest border numbers for January, which January, being a cold month, people don't travel, people don't make the hike. Um, it's usually the slowest month of the year. Last January, they set records. This year, they smashed last year's record. The fiscal year is off to a terrible start on this front with more than 400,000 known gotaways. Those are the gotaways entering the United States between October and January. It is now confirmed that the new calendar year is also pointing to bad numbers. New CBP reports that there were 156,274 migrant encounters at the southern border just in January. The lowest monthly total for a border patrol in almost two years, but overall the CBP included higher than January 22 and significantly higher than January 21. Uh, those two years were um, 22 was uh, 78,000, uh, 20 going back to 20 was uh, 36,000. Again, this year 156,274. The Biden administration seems determined to make the border crisis look better, which is how Cynics are understandably interpreting the new temporary parole program they've implemented. This will reduce encounter statistics while shifting around incentives for illegal immigrants and their cartel traffickers, depending on their national origin. Experts also say it will incentivize going the Godaway route for many migrants who don't qualify for the parole program shifting the bad stats into different buckets. And wouldn't you know it, right on cue, the administration is suddenly reducing aerial detection assets that help identify and tabulate the known get getaway, got away, uh, population 
which is arguably the most damaging and politically harmful component of the border crisis. It is a funding issue, we're told. Uh, yeah, they're saying they don't have enough money to make sure our borders are safe. Well, isn't it interesting how we're sending, and again, some, some people are going to think this is very harsh, but just ask yourself this question. Why are we sending tanks, tanks over to Ukraine to push away people that are breaching their border? You say, well, that's different, Tom. They're, they're coming with tanks. We'd do the same if we came with... Listen, we have the cartel shooting across the Rio Grande at our people. We are being attacked down there. We have fentanyl, as I reported earlier in the program, 150 people a day die in the United States from fentanyl overdose. It's coming from China. Why is it we can send tanks to protect the Ukrainian border, but we do nothing in terms of protecting our border in a military style. I'm telling you what, if we, listen, am I being harsh by saying this? If you were to actually take some action and follow through on it, you could stop the entrance of illegals tomorrow. But no, no, we've got, we, you know, people use, oh, we've got to be compassionate. Are you being compassionate to the people that are dying? Are you being compassionate to the... Ranchers and farmers on the border that are, are they, they're in fear for their life. Their damage is, is uh, their, their property is damaged on a daily basis. Are you compassionate for them? This, this and again, you can always just go back to what Donald was doing and build the wall, but they act like, oh, we can't, we can't possibly do that. Unbelievable. Uh, we've got two more years of this guy. I don't know if it'll be him, but we got two more years of this administration. Pray for our nation. It is a mess. Hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow, Fox. See you then. Bye-bye. Our